What's up, listener? I want to let you know if you don't know already, you can now financially support the Theology of Music podcast. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash theologyofmusic for more details. You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on Instagram, support financially through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. Welcome again to the Theology Music Podcast. My name is Joel. I hope you guys have been enjoying, as I've, I feel like I say this every time, the the guests that we're getting on this podcast, and uh, we're continually to um, continuing to try to get more. Um, as I tell people uh, in in these recent episodes, the purpose of this podcast is to not only unpack um, the the theology and songs and the good and the bad, but also just to to promote. I guess you, better conversations within what I think is a divided industry within worship music and, and, and culture of uh, worship culture. So uh, today, this episode's going to look a little different. Originally, it was going to be uh, "Look What God Has Done," uh, but I am getting someone who is a part of that project on to talk about that song. So that's going to be really cool. And so instead, um, this I'm going to go over the song that was uh, that didn't make it when I was voting on. I got you guys to vote on the hymn. So last time I, I did "Come Thou Fount." And it was between Come Thou Fount and this song, This Is My Father's World. Um, this Is My Father's World is a really pertinent song to today, just because of um, uh, a lot of people are using it for the last stanza, which obviously we'll talk about. But it's it's interesting, though, because um, when, I, when I think about this song a lot, I, I, see, um, I see a lack of, I guess, I guess, but the word I would use is is um it's is urgency to incorporate uh, this kind of th- mindset that you get in the first two stanzas, which we'll 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 go into. Uh, but briefly, I just kind of want to talk about this. So this song is is a relatively recent hymn, right? It was it was released uh, in 1901 um, because it was it was released at the death actually of the author. So the author was born in 1858 and then the song was released in 1901 which was actually when the guy died and his name is kid you not malt b or malt by d babcock i feel so bad for you where did that name even come from but okay uh and this guy was actually born in new york syracuse new york and he graduated from syracuse university and an auburn theological seminary uh, and he became a, a Presbyterian minister and, and served a church in Baltimore and uh, as well as in New York. And uh, while he was in Baltimore, he actually was really popular with students from Johns Hopkins University. And so he he interacted with a lot of those students at the times. And he during those times, he wrote a lot of hymns and poems and devotionals. And some of those were actually published in the school hymnal in 1899. So this hymn is relatively recent, right? It's not... Like a mighty fortress is our God, or you know, it's not, it's not like a 500-year-old hymn, but it's not like in Christ alone. It was written in you know the last 50 years, um, but it's it's cool because I, I think I, I love to have more of that in services, right? Where it's it's not just age-old ye age-old hymns, uh, but hymns that were written recently, because all hymns are great, and you know. I'm always a big proponent too of you need to keep writing hymns, and so I, I think of um, people like Matt Papa, and Matt Boswell, who who write current hymns, and what's so cool too is they don't sound old, but they are still hymns, and that's the beauty of 
how things are and how things change. And this song, though, like I was saying, is, is really pertinent, right? And there's, I, I want to go through this because I, I, the first two stanzas are um, are really just about creation, right? The 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 existence and the evidence of God within creation, um, which I believe is just as pertinent than the last stanza, which is about how, hey, I shouldn't be sad even though the world's, you know, basically going to pot. I shouldn't be sad because God's king and he reigns. Uh, you can't really get stanza three, though, without the first two, which is where we're supposed to to operate from, right? So, uh, to, to before we, we talk about that, I want to talk about this, this opportunity I had this past, um, this week, uh, a few days ago, I guest lectured for a class, a worship class at Liberty University. And I talked about the worship leader as counselor. And one of the things we talked about was, uh, I said, you know, you, as you counsel your team, it's not really, it's, it can feel ambiguous and fluid and it's really hard to nail down what's practical in that. But what is very um, evident is that right now the world is, is insane. And your role as a worship leader is to to push out the world to protect your team in those times of practice and where you're hanging out on Sunday morning because you might be you might have a lot of time as a team right so uh, back when I was in ministry a lot of times we would we would spend time before practice uh, just kind of talking through the songs and and getting prayer requests and then on Sunday you know we had multiple services so we had a lot of time to just kind of hang out and, and, and talk and and hear each other's perspective and what we're going through. And, you know, when I was there, Trump was president, right? And so you you, you had all that, regardless of where you li- landed on either side of the aisle, you had people talking about that. And then now, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like being um, a worship leader, right? Where you have mandates on on various things and opinions and, and all this stuff. And the world is just desperate to try to get into your your practice time and your your time on Sunday uh, and to try to, to keep you from essentially focusing on him, on, on the Lord. And, and so when I talked about that with this, with this group of students, one of the main things I said was, we have to remind, and you have to remind your, your team of the truth. And then the main truth is, are that God is supreme, the supremacy of Christ over everything, right? Just because the world is insane doesn't mean that God's not on it, that he's not on his throne, right? It's it, He says in scripture, right? Don't fear the world because I've overcome the world. But then he also says too, uh, through Paul, hey, no one's righteous. So when people who aren't believers aren't acting like Christians, right? They, they aren't living in the light. Of course, they're not going to live like that. Of course, people are are going to live in their flesh, Right? And, and so you have to point people to that. And I think this song does a really good job of kind of reorienting us in that, reorienting, reorienting us to, to the truth of that God is supreme because he made it all, right? And we, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about that, do we? Like, let's, let's do this. I'm going to read the first two stanzas, and I want you to be honest and I'll let you know, I'll be honest too afterwards, how much you actually think like this. Okay, so first stanza. This is my father's world, and to my listening ears all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas, his hand the wonders wrought. 
This is my father's world. The birds their carols raise. The morning light, the lily white, declare their maker's praise. This is my father's world. He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. The rustling grass. Gosh. The rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. I really love that it's convicting to me. And it should be, right? How I, one, um, let's just go from the first line. How often do I actually view the world around me as God's? How often am I, am I viewing the world around me as, mm, actually, it's my world. And, and God, you know, I'm, I'm in your world, but it's really my world. It's, it's really me that's, that's the supreme leader here, right? The supreme leaders, Luke. Sorry, that's not, that was Palpatine, but I talked about Snoke. Uh, good, good, give in to your hate. Sorry. And to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> how many people when they hear crickets and frogs and uh, all the crazy things going on at night or when they're trying to sleep or when you're trying to have peace, they're thinking, oh, yes, it's the music of the spheres. It's the music of creation for Jesus, for the Lord. And now you're, you're just thinking about whatever the heck you want to do with your day. Um and do we really rest in the thought that of that of all the rocks and the trees of skies and seas, he made them and their wonders, right? It's it's this. I think it's the reality of how consumed we are with consuming, right? We we have consumed so much content and so much in in quotes beauty that we are jaded and we are just kind of having to sit here and like on our little throne going uh, yes is that good no it's subpar it's not good enough for my eyes so i deem it unworthy right we, we're not it's beneath me rather than wow hold on okay 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 let me let me wrap my head around this god made everything not even just earth, but he made everything. He also made, like, I, I love those videos where it talks about how if the earth was tilted differently on its axis, we'd be dead, <laughs> right? Or if it was just a little bit further or a little bit closer to the sun, we'd be dead, right? Right, there's there's this, you know, I love how um, with evolution, right, or Big Bang, right, we, 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 we don't really attribute how insane it is that God is as amazing and qualified as a creator as he is right so let's just say you don't believe in the big bang but you believe in evolution which i would always just kind of go okay so let's talk about the axis of the earth and everything so the earth exists sure how do you get there okay whatever how does it exist on its axis the way it does as far as it is from the sun in relation to the other planets just ch chance like just chance chance means there's no way for rhythm to occur or or any type set of ways for things to occur chance is outside of consistency i believe and so if you're looking at how the earth rotates the sun and on its specific axis and how everything is even on the earth like how the earth is formed and how cores are in, in, in planets and how our, our atmosphere and everything that enables us to even exist on this earth, right? All, how all of that is even 
a thing. How can you then look at that and go, you know, I don't really think, I don't believe in God. Like, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's it's not, like, I, I look at one of my favorite verses is Romans, in Romans one twenty, where it says, ever since the creation of the world, God's eternal power and divine nature, and I love this, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. And this is all about talking about how no one's without excuse. Meaning, everyone goes somewhere. You're either going to hell, you're going to heaven. You're you're without excuse to say, well, I didn't know there was a God. Paul says, you, really? Really? You didn't look around? You know? And, And I think that's the problem with us today is, in reality, in today's world, this is still true ever since the creation of the world and his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. Meaning we can understand who God is through what he has made. General revelation, right? This is the doctrine of general revelation. But today, I mean, like we're talking about, how often are we thinking about the wonders of this world? And if we're not thinking about the wonders of this world, why would we have any reason to believe that God exists? And he is who he says he is, right? You go to the second stanza. This is my father's world. The birds, their carols raise the morning light, the lily white declare their maker's praise. I, that's another thing I love. I love how scripture talks about the beauty of creation in its in its response to the Lord. We, we get really uncomfortable with that as Christians, especially if you're on more of the reform side. We get really uncomfortable. I don't... How many songs do we sing on Sunday morning if we're you're in a reformed church? Talk about creation, even like big churches, right? Even uh, the big staples. We're not really singing a lot about creation, acknowledging who God is, because and I, and I think this is indicative of where we're at as a culture in a Christian church. We have pulled away from the order of which God ordained in nature, right? I'm not going I'm not trying to get political but we're, we with gender with roles with all of the stuff that we're that we're experiencing in this division right I think a lot of that stems from our lack of uh, investment in in engaging with the reality that creation gives praise to the Lord right you can't really make sense of that and it's poetic but I also believe it's true it's not just poetic it's true because God has made it very clear in scripture that all things are for his glory. So if he would create creation and things within creation, then that means that those things should glory in him. Does that mean they have sentience? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. But I don't think lilies are going, Jesus is just great, isn't he, John? <laughs> he is, Lily, and that's an app name. That was a terrible joke, but I don't care. They're not doing that, but at least as as Psalms, many of the Psalms say, they say, let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, right? You could even, the other ones and and other verses in Psalms, right? It talks about God as the creator. I mean, you know, you look at this, they're declaring their maker's praise. And then the second part of the stanza, this is my father's world. He shines in all that's fair, meaning not fair as in, 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 justice but fair as in like my fair lady you know uh lucy and i i'll I'll kiss her hand and go my lady 
uh, and that's the kind of thing like this this fair maiden of some place of Nottingham uh, in the rustling grass I hear him pass he speaks to me everywhere I, I do want to say real quick I, I know that you might be going what's the whole spheres thing I have said this about the uh, come thou fount it is the the you you have to make sure people understand the music of the spheres that is a very specific allusion to the time in which um the uh maltby uh was growing up right when, when which he was studying which was um people believed that the planets revolved in the universe and they made music or harmony uh and that's what he's referring to when he's talking about the music of the spheres obviously it's disproven but they don't admit sounds, but it's just the idea that everything is creating a melody for the Lord. It's very poetic. And and so that's where that was coming from. So that could be very confusing for someone hearing the song for the first time. So that is that is a little knock on, on hymns like this where the language um, or, or specific allusions um, are dated. I mean, it'd be like if I wrote a song today and it was a talking, I referenced like um, pandemics, right? <laughs> You know, it'd be like, what pandemic are you talking about? You know, that it, it would date after a while. So that's the kind of thing you're alluding to something or a belief or something like that. And so that's what the song does. But he, in the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. I love that. I love that the idea of seeing the Lord in his creation. You know, it reminds me of that one song by Hillsong back in the day, uh, All I Need Is You which is still one of my favorite songs because just in a time in my life when I was young uh, and just so emotional and just so, um, so jacked up. Um, it was what I sang. It, it helped me. And I'd known it through youth group when I really wasn't actually a Christian, but when I attempted suicide, um, it was the song that um, I sang first when I really accept, really came to the Lord and I said, I need you. Like, I, I can't do this on my own. I, I know that I, I need you to save me. Um, but there's a line in the, the song that people didn't like, which is, you know, you, you own, I think it's you own the universe. You own everyone on earth. You own, um, and some, some people would heard it and thought it was, you are the universe. And they thought, oh, this is preaching that God is the universe. And like, what is this? Thing here no it's, but i just it makes me think of that um when you hear like i he speaks to me everywhere and this it's the mysticism which is the it's actually beautiful though the mysticism of our faith that god created everything and it gives glory to him i mean i look i think i think about psalm 104 and i would i would recommend you just to read that but it, it just talks about how god clo he's clothed with honor and majesty he stretches out the heavens like a tent you make clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You you set the earth and its foundations so that it will never be shaken. You cover the, it with the deep as with a garment. Like, you know, it's beautiful. It's this, it's just, it's everything he's done is in creation is magnificent. It's, it's incredible, right? And I think about that in how I, I don't think about that, right? It, it really convicts me because I'm, I don't walk outside and, and go, yes, what a beautiful day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, time to go to the gym, right? I, I don't do that. I'm checking my phone. I'm thinking about whatever the heck I'm wrapped up in in that day, right? And um, and I don't take time. And, and it's especially even more so working from home, right? I don't get out much and um, 
this song's just been convicting even before getting to the last stanza it's been really convicting for me that i don't appreciate god in his in his creatorness right um because also what is if god created everything right that means he owns everything as hillsong aptly stated you own everyone on earth you own every the universe it's you own it's yours right and if he created everything, that means he owns everything. And then if he owns everything, that means he gets to do whatever the heck he wants with it. And whatever he owns doesn't get to say what he gets to do with them. Right? It's it's Romans when it talks about the potter talking to the clay and the clay is like, hey, you can't make me like that. No, he's like, you can't say that. And yet here we are. And I think, I really believe that we are at this this terrible impasse uh, and terrible situation in, 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 in our culture with outside of the Lord, but also inside of the Lord in the, in the local church, because we have, have tried to take ownership of what God ultimately owns, which is everything. And we've tried to say, okay, we, we go, yes, this is true about the Lord, but, and, and what we then do is we, we try to help God out. Well, he, you know, when he wrote that verse through man, um, and we, we forget that God wrote that, uh, and all scriptures God breathed, we go, well, when, when that was written by God, uh, th- that was a different time. They were dealing with different things. Y- yes, so the God who is outside of time, who is uh, both at my birth and death right now, um, was limited by cultural context and historical context okay yeah that's no no no, that makes sense that makes sense um yeah okay do you uh would you like to take us take the the ride with me to the psychiatric hospital (laughs) like it's just yeah i mean i make light of it but it's so true i mean look around look at look around practically at how your your people as a worship leader are living their lives Look at your teams. How many people in your teams are being divided by what's going on in our culture today? How many people have been have have wrestled with right with identity, sexual identity, who have wrestled with um, depression and anxiety, who've wrestled with all these things? And a lot of this can be biochemical, right? Like with depression and anxiety, but a lot of it is we desire control over the things that God owns. We want to be the owner. And that's not how God designed it to be. And when we try to take control and we try to wring it from from the Lord's sovereign, supreme, you know, control, we get where we're at right now. And, and, and you know, there's a lot of people talking about the church failing to stand up. And that's, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more about uh, we as the church have failed to to continually put God back where he belongs, which is the owner, the supreme leader, the, 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 the one and only, the alpha and omega, right? I remember when I was in Sunday school, we learned all the names for God, alpha and omega, beginning and end, right? All these beautiful descriptions of who God is. I bet you, if you asked all, most of your congregates right now, they wouldn't even know those because they don't even think of God that way. We don't live like we think of God that way. 
So, and, and now what's interesting is you get to the third stanza, right? You, you get to, this is my father's world. Oh, let me ne'er, or never forget that though the wrong seems oft or often so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king. Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let the earth be glad. Here's, here's the beauty. This, this verse, this stanza is, is, is a great kind of allusion to also all of creation has been groaning and just desiring to now no longer be subjugated to sin and the curse of the fall, but to finally be relieved from that. And that's that's what that's what it's this this song is about creation. It's not just about me, right? So let's not do that. It's the song is ultimately about creation, which we are a part of. But it's so when he says the Lord is king, let the heavens ring. God reigns, let the earth be glad. It's both a, a reference to Psalms when it's talking about, hey, let the, let everyone just, let the earth be glad, meaning everyone on the earth be glad because God reigns. But also, I believe that this is a reference to that, that, hey, creation, God reigns. And you know what that means. That means he is coming back once again to settle everything. There's going to come a time where he makes everything right. And it's not just so that we don't have to wrestle with pain and suffering or anything like that, right? It's so that everything can be made right. Every single thing can be made right on earth. And so that's why this the stanza says, let me never forget that this is my father world. This this is my father's world. Let me never forget that though the wrong, though, though the sin of this world, though the destruction and the and the this this the this chaos and this calamity seems so strong, God is still the ruler. Right? As as Colossians says, in in Christ, in him all things, heaven and on earth, were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him. And because of that, God, the God of peace, will shortly crush Satan under our feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus will be with us. That's Romans 16. And you, you can think about, okay, so because of all of this, because of that, I don't have to fear because God is with me. He will strengthen me as Isaiah talks about. He was, He's with me. And as John 16 says, Jesus says, once again, I've, I've overcome, I have conquered the world. This is my world. Whoever conquers now owns And here's the beauty of it. He already owned before. It wasn't like Satan and sin in the fall relinquished God's ownership. No, 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 no. What God did through his son and what Christ was was affirming in, in John saying that he overcame the world was, I didn't win the world back to myself. I didn't get the world back to God's team. So now we've got our we've got our team back, right? No, no, no. I'm I'm solidifying in everyone's minds so that there's no longer a doubt because of sin that I am who I say I am, and that is the king, the Lord. I reign. That's what that verse is about. And that should give us hope today. It doesn't matter what you're going through, right? You could be going like you could be going through church hurt. I mean, one of the students responded to my to my my lecture because I talked about, look, I've got church hurt in my past now. He said, I, I recently went through church hurt. How do I how do I how do you get through that? How did you move through that? And I said, you one, you have to divorce your pain from from the church 
or from God and remember that it came from the church, right? Your pain didn't come from the Lord because that it, because it came from the church. No, 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 no. It came from sinful people who sinned against you in the church. God does not do that because God is who he says he is. People are not often who they say they are. I myself included, right? So let's be honest. Let's get away from imagining things are ours because then as sin is done to us, it's given us the illusion of control and supremacy and right and in, 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 in this is mine. That's, this is how, how dare you ask me to give up my time, right? How, how dare you ask to give for me to give up of my resources, right? You, you know, Joanna and I were talking about generosity and one thing we really want to be, uh, we're just not financially there, is we would love to be people who give truly generously. Uh, and this isn't a knock on everyone, but I, I believe true generosity is generosity um, shown in never receiving anything back, right? So let's say that you have someone who needs um, like like a car or something, something that, you know, you could sell, something that you could sell to people right? And your scripture is clear, the laborer is worth his wages, but like, let's say there's something that you could get something back, but you withhold the opportunity to receive something back because that's real generosity. It's saying what this will do is not give me anything. It only gives you. And, and I can give you that. And that's what I want to do because that's what, that's what the Lord did with us. Yes, we give him back praise and we give him back honor, but we could have never, we can't do anything really to give him back in exchange for Christ's righteousness on the cross. We don't, that doesn't exist, right? So that's generosity. And that's what he, that's what he did on the cross is he, he's, he was showing everyone. And when he rose from the dead, he was showing everyone, this is mine, everything. And you are a part of everything. You are now mine. And you don't even know it. You don't even think you're mine, but you're mine. And I'll show you. And I, I love that. I love that. So if you're thinking about doing this hymn, one, I do think you need to, I think you need to set the stage for this hymn to say, look, this isn't about cultural events. This is about God stamping his authority, reminding us that, that it's not just we need to praise him like the rocks are praising him. And if we don't praise him, the rocks will. So you should praise him. It's not God saying that. It's God saying Look around, get one, one, get over yourself. You're not the most important person in your life. Two, now that you've gotten over yourself, look around, open your eyes. Do you see what I've done? Do you see what I've created? And then I created you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I created you. I didn't create, and I didn't create you to live in bondage to sin. I didn't create you to live in bondage to your selfishness and to the things you wrestle with. I created you to live in freedom. Freedom that I want you to use for my glory. Because I'm king. That's what this song is about. And that's why I believe it's a great song to sing. And I really do think it's a good song to be singing now, today. But you, I think you should really frame it that way. Uh, and so I hope that this has been encouraging to you. I've, I've really enjoyed examining hymns like this. And I've really enjoyed looking at um, 
today in, in, in where I'm at today, right? In, in light of some of the songs that I, I'm looking at, because I, I know um, that when I look at these songs, whether it's a hymn or not, I, I want to, I want to be changed by the, the music that I, that I listen to and sing, right? And I, I want to be edified and, and convicted. And you don't get that if you're not really looking at the words and the theology and the doctrine that it's talking about. So I hope that this has helped you and I hope this has encouraged you like it's encouraged me. But anyway, I, I hope you guys are, are enjoying this day. I hope you have a wonderful Lord's Day. Uh, and hey, you know where to find us uh, every Friday. This The podcast is up, so a new episode every Friday. Uh, and and you can always just follow us on Instagram at uh, Theology of Music. You can get a sneak peek at uh, what song we're going to look at. You also can um, hear clips from the podcast as well. Share that, please. That would be great. Uh, you can always email me at theologyandmusic at gmail.com. You guys can support this podcast, which would be really great, um, which would enable Joanna and I to be generous uh, and, and for me to be generous with this podcast and, and continue to, to build um, a culture of generosity and positivity within what I think is a culture of selfishness and negativity within the worship industry. There's not predominantly, but it's there. Um, so support through buymeacoffee.com slash theology of music. But with that, I hope you guys have a wonderful day and a wonderful Lord's Day worshiping together through corporate worship. But once again, thank you guys and have a good one. See ya. See ya.